Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, just when you thought 2024 wrestling couldn't get any more wild... Welcome to Smackdown. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs. Lots of welcoming going on today. And in case you have just stumbled across this video, please ignore my surroundings. All will become very clear very soon. Who else is exhausted? <laughs> Put your hands up. I cannot believe how nuts WWE has been the last couple of weeks. I can't lie. I'm enjoying it. Because just to repeat my catchphrase, I like chaos. Let's up those doubts. Also, please do remember to buy your ticket for the What Culture Live show over WrestleMania weekend. My favorite thing about this week's episode of SmackDown is that if you had just taken a couple of weeks off from watching, you would have come back and gone, oh, well, of course, Triple H and The Rock now seem to be feuding. Is it 1998? You'd also be taken aback by the fact that the game is being cheered, but the people's champion is being booed. So, you know what that means? We are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. Hunter didn't indeed come out to start smacking down, though, and he was flanked by Nick Aldos and Adam Pearce. And I like that. They now have a united front, because everybody's a little bit worried about the bloodline. We didn't waste any time either, as we did get very loud Rocky Sucks chants. This Triple H just like, Whoa, we're on the road to WrestleMania. I was like, we know that trips get on with it. He then acquiesced to my demands, because he was like, yeah, and on this journey, some people don't know their roles when he also basically told us about the fact that The Rock had joined the WWE board and now he's trying to call the shots, but that ain't the way, that ain't the deal, and the only person in charge here is none other than Triple H. I was losing my mind. Triple H then doubled down on the fact that the WrestleMania 40 main event is indeed going to be Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, and it doesn't matter <laughs> if you don't like it. Because he said the thing somewhere Dwayne Johnson probably exploded. I mean, by this point, I thought he was going to start chanting Cookie Puss, but he didn't do it. And instead, he passed the microphone to Nick Aldis, who was like, hey, look, man, fine. We've sorted one world championship picture, but now we've got to sort the other one. So when we do go to Australia for the Elimination Chamber, we are indeed going to have a men's chamber match. Piers then took over and confirmed everyone that is going to be in qualifying matches, and I'm going to have to read them because I'm stupid today. We've got Randy Orton, we've got Bronson Reed, we've got Kevin Owens, we've got Logan Paul, we've got AJ Styles, we've got The Miz, we've got Bobby Lashley, we've got Ivar, we've got Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, LA Knight, and Dominic Mysterio. And the first of these matches is going to be AJ Styles versus LA Knight. Excellent. McIntyre must have been waiting for his name drop too, because he just walked out and he wanted to thank the fans for being on the same page, because he is now DM Hunk and he's happy that everybody feels the same way that he does about CM Punk. So the guy really has been WWE's MVP recently, although not that MVP, damn it. And he also talked about the Here Lies CM Punk's WrestleMania main event grade t shirts, made it very clear that CM ain't seeing none of these royalties. Sheesh. She also made sure to praise Cody for finally picking Roman because now he can become the world heavyweight champion. And actually, when you look at the field, if you were going to choose someone, well, he'd be right up there. Before this, we also saw the fact that Sami Zayn and Randy Orton had come to SmackDown. And thank goodness for that because they are employees. But they are going to be in the main event and they too are going to try and qualify for the Emanation Chamber. I was like, this is excellent. These are big time matches. And I also joined commentary because we were just trying to do everything here when we did indeed get Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles. And this is really the theme of SmackDown. I was like, well, I know that Drew is going to win, but am I 100% sure? No, I'm not. So we had the Jeopardy. Given the fact that AJ lost as well, kind of due to what LA Knight was doing on commentary, well, I do believe we've got a brand new feud 
which is also kind of an old feud. Dalston went after Drew's knee here, so Drew just chopped him for a while, and of course AJ then decided, I'm gonna dive through the air, which you should never do when someone is bigger than you, because McIntyre grabbed him and threw him into the floor. He then basically did the same thing when he chopped AJ Styles on the top of Tina the turnbuckle, so he fell to the outside, when he threw him into Timmy the timekeeper's table. I'm struggling to keep up here. There are so many names. We then came back from the break and AJ was just magically in charge. So this one is very easy to work out because they both do have long hair. And I bet Drew was looking at Styles and going, man, how do you get it so wavy? And just as AJ was about to tell him the conditioner he uses, he slammed him. Works for me. He was able to get a TDT, but then Drew was able to get out the Styles Clash when he tried to go to the top. But that's when Ad stopped that one and hit a bomb of power for a one-two-oo. Just really good. The Scottish Warrior was then able to get the Future Jock DDT for a 1-2-0, but this is when his knee kind of came out, which is what AJ Styles has been working on. He looked on the calf crusher, and even though Drew McIntyre's massive, he had to scramble to the ROPs. AJ was winning. You could then see what was coming because they were fighting over Anathy and Nelson's table when Styles was just so annoyed at LA Knight's presence, he took his water and he poured it over his head. I was like, that's it, you're done. They didn't tie in directly because basically they spilled back into the room when AJ went for the most devastating move in all of sports and attempted a surprise roll-up. That didn't work. So then decided, well, I'm going to do the Styles Clash. That didn't work. He got Claymore kicked. One, two, three. So there's no two ways about it either. We are definitely doing AJ versus LA in a battle of we have two letter first names. Drew McIntyre is now going to the chamber. He should probably win. Go to WrestleMania, become the champion, this guy rules, and in terms of opening segment and setting the seeds, you have to give it up. I do very sadly have to throw it down in there though, because at some point during this episode of SmackDown, lest my ears deceive me, we were told, oh, by the way, AJ Styles isn't in the OC anymore. So we did no story, and Gellers and Anderson never appear on TV, and I don't understand why. It was all very confusing, kind of felt like we could have had more fun with this. Therefore, down. Kevin Braxton then found Sami Zayn, and she wanted to talk to him about WrestleMania. Now, Zayn very rightly said that nothing is certain when it does come to this year's, and also, look what happened last year. He was in the main event of night one, so he still believes that he's going to do whatever he has to to make sure he shines as bright as possible. If that means going through Randy Orton 2, that's what he's going to do. I'll give you a small spoiler. He doesn't do it. When we got this segment with Pretty Deadly, and it either happened... I accidentally took a lot of drugs. They walked outside when they were on this strange pier thing, when they looked into the clouds and they saw Queen Elizabeth, who said hello. They were also getting very worried about Kit Wilson's injury when they said, given that we are on the road to WrestleMania, they're going to show everyone what they're made of. I had to watch this twice because there's no way I didn't just dream that. But I didn't. Seriously, we need to do more stuff like this. Pretty deadly are a really, really weird team. But that's why I love them. It's getting the thumb. Then a recap of everything that had gone down with damage control last week. Because we were going to do a segment later when we got a women's elimination chamber qualifying match. Bianca Belair versus Meechin. That seems to be the way recently too. Anytime Meechin is in a match, she gets a bunch of offense. Mostly because we all know she's not going to win. And did she win here? No, she didn't. But did she whip Bianca's bass for a little bit? Yes, she did. Eventually, is she going to have to get a victory? Yeah. Should we stop answering our own questions? Indeed. She flew out of the box, though, was able to get a few strikes on Belair when they started to hit each other. When Meechin was like, well, I don't like your neck, Bianca Belair. And she hit a neck breaker. She also got a superplex and went for the eat defeat. But that's when Bianca went for the KOD when Meechin wiggled out of that. And she scored with her move. But don't forget, she was taking on the EST, who is also the best at rolling out of the ring. That's what she did so she wouldn't get pinned. Despite apparently being screwed over by the OC, Meechin still went for the AJ Styles. This is another lesson we learned on Smackdown. Everyone has to stop going for that move. 
because Belair was like, I don't want to be hit with that. She did some wiggling. She hit the KOD. One, two, three. Now, I've flown through this a little bit too fast because I actually thought this was pretty damn decent. At some point, yeah, we got a light of fire under Michin. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Not literally. I still do think that Bianca is going to have something huge for Mania as well. I keep my fingers crossed that it is her versus Jade Cargill. I've told you, just give them five minutes and let them annihilate each other. But she is now going into the chamber, giving it up. We then got more teasing next. Bron Breaker was chatting to Triple H. And Triple H was saying, oh my gosh, Bron Breaker, you're the best thing ever and I love you. Whereas Breaker was like, listen, man, don't know whether to go to Raw or don't know whether to go to SmackDown or Nitro or Thunder. Could you give me some advice? And he was going to get this. Then they got interrupted. Because of all the people, Paul Heyman walked in and he shook Bron's hand and Breaker just left the room. And even though Triple H was so mad at this guy, Paul's like, don't worry, I'm going to give you some space, but I will be back next week with Roman Reigns. <laughs> but also The Rock. <laughs> the world is crazy. Now, the fact that he left the room and came back in the room to announce that Twain Johnson is coming had me on the floor, because no real human would operate this way. But I still think all of this is great. Like, I just do. Not in my wildest dreams did I ever think we'd get here in February 2024. But now, in seven days' time, we are getting a bloodline section where I suppose The Rock is going to be in charge. Or if he does do that, Roman's going to be pissed off. Sign me up. It was Bailey time after this, which is finally the last story we can call long term. The fans are all in on this now too, because she is just a mega over baby face, and she acknowledged this as well. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so great. 
But I tell you also what was great once upon a time, damage control. Because to her they were family and that's why she just gave and gave and gave. And what did she get back? A whole lot of nothing. I mean, even when she won the Royal Rumble, she thought they'd be a little bit nicer to her, but they just kept chatting behind her back. She's not a dummy. She's not an idiot. She knew what they were doing. And there was a big question mark here because, of course, Dakota Kai hadn't been involved last week. And I think Dakota knew this too because she walked out and she was like, Bells, are you ghosting me? I've been texting you all week. And I massively appreciate that because usually the way wrestling frames this stuff is that they just ignored each other for seven days and went, man, we'll just chat about it on TV. Dakota still feels like she's in a tough spot, though, because she loves everybody in damage control. Bailey was like, yeah. Whatever, man. You knew what they were doing, and I hate you. Dakota wanted to make it very clear that that's not the case, and she sees them as sisters, and she'll always have her back. And of course, out came the rest of Damage Control. This is when things got crazy. EO Sky, Kairi Sen, and Oscar did surround the ring, and instantly Dakota Kai went to the outside, and she had a chair. Now, it looked like she was going to hit Bailey when Bailey caught her, when Dakota decided, actually, I'm going to go through the other three members of Damage Control, but put this one in your brain. She didn't actually connect with any of these chair shots, and in fact, she kind of just bounced it against the ropes to get rid of them. And then she acted like she meant to do this. I don't trust it at all. This ties in as well because even though the fans were going, hug it out, they did not hug. They just looked at each other like they were super duper confused. And I tell you what's going to happen here. Eventually, Dakota Kai will turn on Bailey. We'll all have to cry tears of sadness as opposed to, I don't know, tears of confusion. That happens too. This is all great though, and if you wanted to tell me that it should main event WrestleMania Night 1, I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, that's not going to happen. But we have successfully turned Bailey back into a mega baby face. And she deserves the moment. And when we do get this final turn, ah, my word, it's going to hurt. Give it a nap. Oh, and then responded to Sami Zayn, and he totally agreed about this WrestleMania journey. Look at last year's. He totally missed it due to injury. Because of that, though, Randy has learned to be patient, which is what he's going to practice at the Elimination Chamber, because he's going to take out five other guys go on to WrestleMania. Now, I don't think he is going to win the Chamber, but that is a great question. What does he do at Mania? I have no idea. Given that we do have more matches to sort at the pay-per-view premium live event, though, it was time to see who was going to face the Judgment Day for the tag team titles. Because it was time for DIY versus British Strong Style. I mean, you could visit 89 different universes, and in none of them would this be bad. Before they kicked off, too, we also got this skip between Bobby Lashley, the Street Profits, and B-Fab, with Bobby Lashley saying he's going to win the Elimination Chamber. And these guys just start clicking at the moment, although I don't actually think that's their fault. They're just not really given that much to do. We should probably change it. Back to that tag, though. It was an absolute joy, mostly because it wasn't your typical WWE match. I mean, all four guys decided to go totally crazy. This was fabu. Tyler Bate and Johnny Gargano made sure to shake hands before this, when it basically went pin, 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 pin. When Tommaso Ciampa and Pete Dunne got in there, they did exactly the same. Johnny then smashed Tyler with a DDT as DIY did pat themselves on the back. With this Tommaso... He went absolutely crazy with those DDTs before Bate had enough of it. He did the old aeroplane spin after Gargano would hit Poison Rana onto Peter. And somehow throughout all of that, Dunn was able to take a med pack. He was back in it and he started stomping on people's hands. He loves doing that. He hates fingers. Champa refused to be outdone, so he hit a Project Champa for a great one to all. And when him and Tyler Bate traded for a little while, Tommaso then kneed him right in the skull. He tagged Gargano, who was bleeding somehow, for goodness sake. When they turned around, they got double clotheslined. This was proper wrestling tennis. Tyler then decided he was just going to hurl himself at Champa to take him out of the way, which he did do when Pete Dunne snuck up on Johnny Gargano. He gave him the bitter end, and he got the three. Now, once again, I've gone through this so damn fast. 
But if I was going to recount everything they did do in their 10 minutes or so, we would be here all day. So instead, take that time and go and watch it for yourself. And now we are going to do British Strong Style versus the Judgment Day in Australia. So once again, WWE is just so wild. I'll never moan about it. Up. The Elimination Chamber interviews continued after this too because Byron Saxton was talking to Dominic Mysterio. Now, he made it very clear that he doesn't care who he has to face to get in the thing. When Kevin Owens walked in and went, oh yeah, well it's me, and I'm going to absolutely destroy you and then dedicate the match to Daddy Ray. Bless the condom. He looked absolutely terrified. This is when, for no reason whatsoever, our truth walked in and thought Kevin Owens was the Miz. <laughs> and I laughed. When it comes to these three individuals, I love all of them like they're my children. Shouldn't have said it. And appears to Nick Aldis was then chatting backstage when Logan Paul walked in. He was disgusted that he has to qualify for the Elimination Chamber because he should be getting the rock treatment. Right, row. He also doesn't want to wrestle in Utah. And the way he said that was actually quite funny when he did learn duh, 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 that he's going to be taking on The Miz. Now, this to me felt like Logan Paul is going a little bit more full time in WWE. Watch this space. It was then time for our main event, and of course it was a right banger, because it was Sami Zayn versus Randy Orton, and much like the first match, just a teeny tiny part of me was like, well maybe Randy Orton could lose, I know he hasn't lost since he did come back, but it is Sami Zayn, and look, that didn't happen, but did I believe? Yes I did. They began by punching each other when Orton got the better of this, because he hit the Sagat uppercut, so Zayn decided to one-up him, because he did a moonsault off Barry Barricade. It's a perfectly normal thing to do. So when you see your buddy Jim today, jump off his back and you see how he responds. So then tried to do a dive again, but got smacked right in the mouth, but still was able to take Randy Orton and throw him into Adam the Announce table. And even when that happened, I was like, Sam, you shouldn't have done that. That's Randy's favorite thing to do. And about five minutes later, what did Orton do? He threw Sammy into Alan the announce table. Zane soon came back with a tornado DDT when he tried to climb to the top rope, which again was a huge error, because Orton cut him off, he hit the superplex, and when Sam ran at him, he gave him the snap slam. Classic Randy Orton. Finally, Zane was able to score with his dive when Orton tried to hit the draping DDT, but Sammy back body dropped him to the outside, and when he got back in, he hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. He got a fantastic one too, and once again I bought it. He then made a terrible decision, because he followed up with the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the Blue Thunderbomb. Did it work? Of course it didn't. It never does. That's when I decided he did deserve to lose, which is a horrible thing to say, and Zayn went for a springboard, Randy unducted, and he hit the RKO, and he too is going to the chamber. That was a good finish. The men's stage, Drew McIntyre, was here right afterwards to stare at Randy Orton. I suppose you would say they are the two favourites, and they're confirmed. When it comes to Sami Zayn, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, think of the position he was in last year. So I really hope we do have a plan, because he is super-duper good. But either way, give it an up. Which, of course, means when we get to the end of SmackDown, it is going to get an up. I mean, WWE is just riding a wave at the moment. And look, a lot of it is total chaos, and they're making it up on the fly. But if something works, it works. Up. Now, please do indeed click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs from AEW Dynamite to check out all the wrestling shows that I talk about. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Go nuts in the comments, because that's what it's all about. But otherwise, we do have a day off tomorrow. <laughs> Thank goodness. Let's see what the hell's going to happen on Raw. Goodbye. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it. 
and our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.